Donald Trump has a way of dominating even when he's not on oh, the yeah, he's not It's just amazing. His ability, yeah. it's like when he used to call in the details of his own affairs to page six of the New York Post. He has to have attention, and he's going to be hes going to be the 700-pound gorilla in the room on Tuesday. <laughs> Will we see it? Stay tuned. That's just part of what's ahead in our bonus content following this week's edition of In Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana. This is In Focus with Dan Spieler. Good morning, I'm Dan Spieler. Another very busy week in Washington. We're going to hear from Indiana lawmakers coming up as Congress prepares to return to D.C. this week in the midst of this impeachment inquiry. But first, a couple of local candidates making some bold bipartisan moves, both in the race for governor and in the race for mayor. Republican State Senator Jim Merritt just announced that Democrat Bill Benjamin would be his police chief if elected next month. We do have a crime problem. And there is one person who owns it, Joe Hogsett, said, I will ask Chief Bill Benjamin to be our police chief. I'm asking this prominent Democrat to join us because these issues are bigger than party. Now, the Hogsett campaign issued a statement defending current police chief Brian Roach, saying the data shows that we're making encouraging progress over the last two years. Mayor Hogsett continues to believe there is no better person to lead our police force than Chief Roach. By the way, we'll be sitting down with Mayor Hogsett next week, and we'll talk about all this with our panel coming up. Also this week, the newest candidate for governor making waves because of who introduced him at his first campaign event this week. Our Kayla Sullivan has more. Senator Eddie Melton. It's not every day you see a Republican introduce a Democratic candidate. It is very unusual. Political science professor Laura Wilson says if Superintendent of Public Instruction Jennifer McCormick decides to be State Senator Eddie Melton's running mate, it could be advantageous for this candidate for governor. Having someone like Jennifer McCormick there could appeal to those Republican, maybe more moderate, but slightly conservative voters who like her, they, they like what she stands for, and see him as an, a, an attractive candidate. Melton is one of three Democrats looking to run against Republican incumbent Governor Eric Holcomb in 2020. His opponents include former State Health Commissioner Dr. Woody Myers and businessman Josh Owens. Senator Melton says if elected, he will focus on expanding economic growth and opportunity, health care and education. I believe that we're going to put forth a, a vision and a plan for the state of Indiana that's going to be inclusive that's going to share the thoughts and the ideals of, of Hoosiers across the state. We asked him if McCormick will join his ticket. Is it something that you're looking into, making Dr. McCormick your running mate? <laughs> that, that's been a question that's been asked. And first of all, let me just say that Dr. McCormick has been a true leader. It's too soon to make a determination or where we will go. I, I will know this, that she and I will continue to work together in a bipartisan fashion. Her decisions are her decisions alone. I'm going to continue to do my job. And we'll see what comes out of their intramural competition. They've got a long way to go before we get past next May. Many Hoosiers may not know who the governor is, but they also don't dislike him, and that works to his advantage as an incumbent. Wilson says whether he will face Senator Melton next November will depend mostly on one thing. At the end of the day, money is going to be really influential. All right, that was Kayla Sullivan reporting. Now to the latest from Washington on the impeachment inquiry. Congress returning this week as the investigations continue. The president pushing back, Vice President Pence facing tough questions as well, while former VP Joe Biden has joined fellow Democrats calling for the president's impeachment. They know they can't win the 2020 election, so they're pursuing the insane impeachment. Donald Trump has violated his oath of office, betrayed this nation and committed 
impeachable acts. All of our discussions internally, between the president and our team, in our context, in my office with Ukraine, were entirely focused on the broader issues of the lack of European support but you're, you're and corruption. Meantime, AG Bill Barr was here in Indiana Friday this week. We also heard from Senator Todd Young for the first time on the impeachment issue and from Senator Mike Braun, who sat down with our Frank Mickens. Let's assume the House sends it to the Senate to go through the process of an impeachment process. You vote how? I'd vote against it, of course, and I don't think there would be a Republican vote even some of the ones that have come out vocally that do not like Trump because the merits of the case are not there. I'm going to read all the documents. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to you know, uh, listen to whatever witnesses uh, there may be, should I be called to do so. Um, but right now, it's the same. It's, a, it's an inquiry. You have said you, you feel impeachment is, in your words, entirely political. Some of the polling numbers on this have changed pretty quickly. A new poll from the Washington Post says 58 percent of Americans supporting the inquiry, 49 percent saying the president should be removed, nearly 30 percent of Republicans in this poll supporting the impeachment inquiry. Yeah, it, it, there, there are polls across the board uh, on these uh, that have questions that are written in different ways. So I, I largely so dismiss, I, I, don't, I don't buy the numbers that, that there's that large of a population that, I've, I've seen other numbers that, that conflict with the numbers of these in recent polls. It, it all depends on how the questions are crafted. And, and that, that's what it comes back to. But we don't impeach presidents based on polls anyway. We impeach presidents based on, uh, on, on uh, accusations and, and convictions of high crimes and misdemeanors. And at this point, nobody has brought to light this president committing any high crime or mis misdemeanor that that uh, that would be impeachable, and that, that's what I'm looking for. And also, at this point, the full House of Representatives have, has not been given the opportunity, uh, like they should be, for every member of Congress to vote on impeachment. Democrats say, uh, in their words, the president is making the case himself for impeachment. Here's what Congressman Andre Carson told me just last week. I think it's clear that Trump is uh, making the case for impeachment himself. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need Democrats to make the case. He's doing it for himself. Well, I think right now my Republican colleagues are, are, are playing chess. Uh, many of them who are, are also embarrassed by Donald Trump are afraid to do it because in some of their districts, a tweet alone from Do Donald Trump could hurt their reelection efforts. So they're, they're walking a tightrope, unfortunately. What's your response to that? Are Republicans in a difficult spot here? I don't think so at all. I mean, th this impeachment uh, process and, and fiasco for the next year is going to have a, a drastic effect on the election of 2020. In fact, that, that's what I think this is all about for Democrats. They're placating their left-wing base, the, uh, those who hate this president by starting this impeachment inquiry. Uh, but, it, but, at the, but at the end of the day, there are more Americans who want us to focus on doing our job, on focusing on the issues that resent that we're caught up in this in this charade. Now, earlier this week, uh, the Senate Majority Leader uh, Mitch McConnell said, "Even if the House moves on impeachment, the Senate is never going to remove this president." What do you feel is happening here? Is there reason to suspect that the president's conversation and the conversations by Rudy Giuliani and others who have been talking to folks in Ukraine amounts to a quid pro quo? Amounts to us withholding something from Ukraine in exchange for an investigation of the Biden? You can only get there through an inference. You can't get there, there through the directness 
of what was in that text, regardless of how you spin it. And the fact that this whole thing has been done when you find out with the whistleblowers that there was contact with folks on the other side of the uh, aisle, you know, as the attorneys for the whistleblowers, uh, who we don't know who they are. And Do you it's think being, there might be a political motivation then behind this inquiry? Are I, you saying that? I'm saying that it doesn't have the genuineness to have this even get into the impeachment inquiry. You can do it politically. You can do anything politically, and I think that's what's happening. In a tweet this week, you said the White House should rethink its decision to allow Turkey to invade Syria. A lot of Republicans have said the same. Do you think the president is getting that message? I, I know he's, got, he's gotten the message. Uh, whether or not he heeds that message is still to be determined. And it's all, all, also unclear what uh, the White House position is moving forward. Clearly, the Pentagon doesn't endorse uh, Turkey's plan to invade um, uh, Syria. Uh, but and, uh, the, at the same time, the president has made, made it very clear that if Turkey um, does any harm uh, to the Kurds or invades Syria, we will, will retaliate. Uh, that, that being said, pulling out of, pulling our support out of uh, Syria and away from uh, protecting our allies and the Kurds um, is probably the worst decision that we can make when at the same time we're trying to prevent ISIS from making a return uh, to the region. That, that's what gives me a great deal of pause about the administration's posture. What do you make of the administration's uh, pullout from, from northern Syria? Um, what's your position on that? Do you agree with it? First blush is I need more information. Um, and uh, I do not, it does not strike me as a, a wise thing uh, to do. Senator Todd Young there with Importantville's Adam Wren. Up next, the Democratic presidential candidates back on the debate stage in Ohio this coming week. But we've also learned Indiana will play host to a presidential debate. We'll tell you about that. And as we get ready to host a mayoral debate later this month, we'll talk with our panel about this week's headlines from the campaign trail here in Indianapolis. Up next. Welcome back. A lot of talk about this latest poll from Fox News showing 51 percent of voters now want to see the president impeached and removed in this poll. That's uh, up considerably, up nine points from the latest poll from Fox News. Let's bring in our panel now. Former Indiana Democratic Party Chairman Robin Winston, 2016 Vice Chair for the Indiana Trump Campaign, Tony Samuel, Democratic Strategist Laura Beck, and former GOP lawmaker yeah. Mike Murphy. Robin, what do you make of those numbers uh, and everything that has happened this past week? It's been a lot, okay? So, you know, Fox News now, is that fake news now? Because 51%, according to Fox News, want him to be impeached. So more and more information comes out. I think that number will begin to grow. And we're going to be in for Downingbrook. Uh, Tony, when it comes to this Syria situation this past week, is the president in danger at all of alienating Republicans in Congress when he needs their support the most? What the president's saying now is that we're going to mediate. We're going to you know, try, to, try to get some resolution here. This is a NATO country, uh, Turkey, um, with the incursion into Syria. Um, they, they, they have are trying to make the case that these are terrorists, according to them. Um, it's a complicated situation, but we had anywhere from 50 to 100, maybe 200 soldiers that were going to be in harm's way. The president did the right thing to take them out. There wasn't going to be, uh, a, 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 he wasn't going to be able to stop Turkey from doing this, 
but now we're trying to mediate and, and come to resolution. Other NATO countries need to get involved. That's what, what will be key here. Laura, you have had Republicans like Lindsey Graham and others mm -hmm. uh, very critical. You heard Jim Banks and Todd Young yeah. critical of the president on this, on this issue. Yeah, what I actually think the president did was he actually uh, gave these Republicans a vehicle by which to criticize, criticize him in the middle of the impeachment debate. So it doesn't necessarily look uh, terribly political when they take their hands off of impeachment. So he gave them a, a, a pretty good opening for that. So I will definitely give him that. However, on that impeachment question, many of those same Republicans are still sticking with the president. They're going to stick with him. But, you know, when it comes to Syria, the problem is not so much the policy, because I don't know enough to decide whether that was correct or not. But the fact is that Trump said the reason he was going to let the Kurds hang out there is because they didn't help America in Normandy. And my thought was, well, they didn't help us at Yorktown either, right? <laughs> I don't know. A lot of pushback uh, on those remarks uh, this week. Meantime, Democrats will take to the debate stage in Columbus, Ohio this coming week. Twelve candidates qualified. Uh, Robin, what do you think we will see in here on Tuesday? Well, first off, you hear people saying they had a lot of hotel rooms booked because there's 12 different candidates and campaigns that have come there. Right. And they've been but, out of the news cycle here for a while. They have been. And, and it'd be else. interesting to see who can say, I'll impeach the most. I think that's what you're going to find yeah. in the debate. Joe Biden Joe Biden just said well. yeah, he's yeah. going to do it. So right now, the, the mantra, will, I think, will be about impeachment. Unfortunately, we won't be talking about health care. We won't be talking about the Middle East. And we'll be talking about Donald Trump again during our debate. Tony, what are you watching for Tuesday? Well, what I watched last Thursday night was um, Donald Trump uh, fill a, a, the rally a, a rally in Minnesota in Minneapolis. 20,000 folks, a state that normally goes Democrat, but he just barely lost only putting $30,000 in it last time. Now they've got a great ground game. Look for Minnesota to go to Trump. What I'm going to watch uh, Tuesday is, uh, you know, folks trying to get some attention. Uh, interesting that Tulsi Gabbard is uh, criticizing the DNC the same way that they ran roughshod over uh, Bernie Sanders uh, last time around. They're trying to do that again. We also learned Friday that South Bend, Indiana, will host uh, one of the presidential debates in the general election next fall. Could could be home field advantage for Mayor Buttigieg if he can somehow come from behind to win this nomination. I, I would love to see that. Um, uh, I would personally love to see that. I also think, though, that it's great news that um, South Bend and Notre Dame are going to going to host this. And I really should just pump this to you, since you're the South, yeah, the Bend, South guy Bend guy well, and the Notre yeah. Dame guy. Um, but I also think it says a lot about South Bend and its resurgence as a community. It's I important. Mean, I was though, just truly. there yeah. a couple. Yeah, I was just there two weeks ago, and the place has happened. Well, the DeBartolo Performing Arts Center, one of the best. Uh, venues to see whether it's a play or any kind of live performance, which this is, obviously. I think Notre Dame will handle it uh, very well. Mm -hmm. All right, let's also talk about the uh, 2020 race for governor. Uh, your thoughts here on Senator Eddie Melton's campaign launch and this this partnership he, he seems to be forming with the state superintendent. He certainly, when we asked about the, the running mate question, could she be his running mate, he certainly didn't say no. Well, she could be his running mate. Uh, also, strategically, 13% of the statewide vote comes out of Lake County. So mm -hmm. in our party, though, in a primary, about 20% comes out of Lake County. So people have made fun about nobody's ever kicked off their campaign in Gary. Well, that's where the votes are. Between right. Gary and Marion County, a lot mm -hmm. of our votes in a Democratic primary come from there. So mm -hmm. Eddie's being smart kicking it off. As far as it relates to McCormick, you know, it's what we said over and over again. Glenda was right. Glenda Ritz was right. And now McCormick is saying it. Mm -hmm. There's been too much partisanship in education. That's why you're seeing her attend events 
with a Democratic candidate for governor. This, what, I think also, too, not to interrupt you, yeah. but I also think that Robin makes a great point about where votes come out of. The other part is that people are really fed up, if you've got kids, with the testing and the way that schools are administered. And I think Jennifer McCormick kind of reminds me a little bit of Sue Ellen Reed. Um, she works with the elected officials, just like she worked with Frank O'Bannon to do what's right for kids. And I think her message really resonates um, with people. And the fact that she and Eddie Melton are working together is incredibly powerful because it's done in a very bipartisan way and there's some hunger for that. Candidate Josh Owens also putting out an education mm -hmm. policy uh, this past week. On McCormick, though, the state party has kind of pushed back. They've even uh, suggested she's not really a Republican. Yeah. Well, they're going to say that. That's that's uh, their prerogative, and and that's what state parties do. Um, look, they're they're two fine people. Um, but getting back to the the question of of whether they'll have a real chance, Eddie Melton might be able to to, to get the the primary uh, nod. But they're two elected officials that don't have a lot of statewide name recognition. It's very hard to build that up, even in 13 months against a governor with a 61 percent approval. Rate and, and, and something like six million dollars in the bank. Mike, your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, it's not unusual to have, it's not unheard of to have somebody from another party uh, back somebody from another party. So, like McCormick and Melton. But she, he, I mean, she introduced him. But at you his have to remember in 2008, after Jim Schellinger got screwed by the Lake County Democrats in his primary for governor, he turned around and held fundraisers for Mitch Daniels. And he's now served two successive Republican administration. right. uh, administrations. But I think we also also have to go back to, you can talk about um, this uh, approval rating, but people don't know who Governor Holcomb is. And the fact that we've got some really qualified candidates who are stepping up for governor, I think, is a good sign. So we talked about this bipartisan uh, dynamic here off the top. Uh, not only in the governor's race, uh, is it a similar dynamic here in, in the race for mayor with Senator Jim Merritt picking a a Democrat to be his police chief if he's elected mayor. What, what do you make of the political implications here? It was shrewd. I mean, if indeed he comes around next week and says he's going to run with him, that's pretty shrewd. More um, or less a running mate in a mayoral race. Well, that's not, respect. I mean, we've encouraged people to be expansive and think out of the box in races, and that's clearly what Merritt is doing. He also has to get on television. And every time he makes an announcement, it's a pronouncement and he gets on TV. So from a purely political, it's a very shrewd move on his part. Mike? Well, I think, first of all, the Democratic Party has taken African Americans for granted for 40 or 50 years, maybe in the, maybe in the beginning for good reason. But now it's, you can't assume that African Americans are going to be with the Democratic Party no matter what, and I think Mr. Benjamin is showing that. I think Brian Roach might be one of the most qualified and um, uh, principled police chiefs we've ever had in this city. And the mayor's campaign this week said yeah. the mayor's sticking with Yeah, he chief really Roach. is. He's, a, he's an exceptional person. He's an exceptional chief. Um, and to, and to, to play politics like this, I, I think people can see through the gimmick um, of, of what Senator Merritt's doing. I mean, his campaign is really on life support at this point in time. Um, and every time I turn around, there's a Joe Hogsett ad on TV. There's probably going to be one on uh, the show right now. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to get themselves out there. But I think people are going to see through it because there's just really not a lot of meat to it. And I, 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 would, I, I, I think it's a great move by Senator Merritt. He's not on live support. I think he's going to be peaking at the right time. Not only has he done the, made this pick if, if, uh, if, he, if he takes it, but he's also paying, paying attention to the black agenda that a lot of black leaders in the community are talking about. And I don't think Joe Hogsett is. 
But if you look at the composite, he has not really paid attention to the African-American agenda. I'm uniquely qualified to talk about that. He's not, Jim Merritt's not really been involved in our things from a state senate perspective. Joe Hogsett has, has got appointments. He's reflected in programs. Look at the ads that are running on television. Look at the ground level support in our community. He's done that. So gimmicks, like Laura said, don't always work. We're going to talk about it more on our podcast. But next couple of weeks, by the way, our show will be out on the road across Indianapolis as we get closer to the mayoral election. We also want to remind you about the next Indianapolis mayoral debate. We'll be doing that debate Monday, October 28th on Fox 59. I'll be moderating starting at 7 p.m. You can submit questions for the candidates at fox59.com slash debate. Coming up, we're hearing from some of the candidates in a key suburban district here in Indiana that's being closely watched at the national level. More candidates getting into the race. We'll have the latest coming up next. We need more women making decisions. We need more women driving policy. I'm That's 5th District Congressional candidate Christina Hale, who appeared along with Senator Young at the Importantville Live event this week with our friends Adam Rand and Tim Swearens. Hale calling for more women to run for public office. Sure enough, there is another woman now entering the race for Congress in the 5th, among other candidates. I'm Beth Henderson, and I'm proud to announce I'm running for Congress in Indiana's 5th District. I'm Dr. Chuck Dietzen. I'm a lifelong Republican, and I'm running for Congress. This is shaping up to be a pretty uh, crowded field of candidates, potentially. What made you decide to run for Congress? Well, you know, if you look at my life, it's really been a lifetime of service. I'll continue to do what I've done before, is go out, talk to people, listen to what they have to say. These three Republican candidates getting in the same week that we learned Steve Braun was suspending his campaign for an undisclosed health issue. He said, I am both frustrated and disappointed to have to suspend my campaign at this critical juncture. This challenge just happened to confront me and my family as we were launching a campaign for Congress. Nevertheless, my family and health are my priorities. They'll be my focus in the months ahead, he said. More of those interviews on our website and in the weeks to come. We're back right after this with this week's Winners and Losers. All right, time now for this week's winners and losers. Robin. The people in the State Department are standing up and doing the right thing. The losers, Donald Trump, again. All right, Tony. Winner for the week is Senator Merritt. I do think he's peaking at the right time and focused on the right issues. Losers are the U.S. Uh, House Democrats. This impeachment thing is falling apart on that. Uh, my winner is Eddie Melton for his bipartisan gubernatorial rollout. Um, the education focus is really strong. Bringing Dr. McCormick. Yeah, that, definitely. That and my loser uh, has to be the three judges. They just continue to drag us through this drama. More disciplinary action this yeah. week stemming from that. Mike? My loser has to be Rudy Giuliani. His two good friends indicted last week. The winner has to be Notre Dame for landing the presidential debate. Yeah, presidential debate next September right, right. here in the Hoosier State. All right, thanks so much for joining us. Much more to come on our podcast. We'll see you again next Sunday in Focus. Let's talk more now with the panel. We've got Mike Murphy, Laura Beck, Tony Samuel, and Robin Winston, and one of the biggest Notre Dame fans in the world here. Mike Murphy, we were talking about Notre Dame, hosting a presidential debate. This is a really big deal. I believe the first of the presidential debates. September 29th, 2020. September 29th of next year. Um, Who knows who we will see on that stage. Uh, It's a big moment for South Bend and for Notre Dame to be on the national stage. It's some of the best, I mean, set aside sports, it's some of the the best national attention Notre Dame could hope for. They've had, uh, last Friday actually, William Barr was at Notre Dame. That's Uh, right. Two days before that, Condoleezza Rice was at Notre Dame, and they, they both got great crowds. 
But this is, this is the big time. This is like the Super Bowl politics. I think it also says a lot for South Bend, too. Um, there's so much happening in South Bend, um, and the city is doing so well, I think, in, uh, thanks to Mayor Buttigieg, that it really is going to be a top-notch place for it. I mean, the city really is shining right now, and I think it's going to be great for you it. Know, we often have Adam Wren on this program and his newsletter, Importantville. That came from President Trump speaking in South Bend, mm-hmm. referring right. to the state of Indiana as importantville it looks like we will be again in this coming presidential summer. yeah it's really sure. exciting i mean looking back at since 2016 and not just in between or not just 16 and 20 but in between a lot of things a lot of presidential visits uh home of the vice president so a lot going on here and, and it's regional to be too. on that stage yeah, yeah. Right. but it's also regional right. i mean you'll pick That's up true. niles michigan southern michigan well and Arbor's those places got one there. of the other debates i think yeah. it speaks to the importance yeah. of the yeah. midwest so i, so I mean so you got michigan and indiana with presidential and debates and nashville yeah. about, yeah. Yeah. about 100 years ago the two swing states in american politics were indiana and virginia and indiana since 2008 has kind of returned to that role of being a significant swing state and that, that's good for us mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be definitely interesting i'm sure we'll, we'll be up there covering it uh and whatnot uh we'll be seeing all the democrats on the debate stage this week as they try to narrow that field down to see who will be on that debate stage in South Bend come You're next You're looking fall. at me. I don't even know if I can make myself watch it, frankly. Really? I mean, it's sort of it's a root canal, personally, but I'll try. I'll, I'll try. I, may, I, might, I might, you know, DVR it or whatever. But, yeah, I think, I think what we talked a little bit about on the show is that Robin made a great point. It's going to be so focused on impeachment that there is going to be a lost opportunity for people to actually talk about their policies and their plans and i think whoever does will actually have some breakout moments you you'll get sound you'll get sound bites right from the impeachment piece I think you'll get that. But I also think if whoever is focusing on the policy piece, whoever's focusing on moving the country forward, is actually going to resonate more with voters. Donald Trump has a way of dominating even when he's not on the not. It's just amazing. His ability, it's like when he used to call in the details of his own affairs to page six of the New York Post. He has to have attention. And he's going to be—he's going to be the 700-pound gorilla in the room on Tuesday. <laughs> Will yeah. we see it? Well, speaking, of, can I cut in? Yeah, yeah. You know, he drew a lot of attention to, to uh, uh, Joe and Hunter Biden. Uh, I mean, he's been doing it, but especially at his uh, rally in, in Minneapolis last week. Will we see? Questions I was just going to ask, Biden. will I we bet see you other Democrats yeah. go after other Democrats Biden and on the, and the Hunter Biden question at all, or do you moderators. think they'll be hands-off on oh, that? Oh, no way. They'll topic. be after Joe Biden. Yeah. But Donald Trump never says, let's investigate. Well, how come Mitch McConnell's not on panel to committee? How come they haven't brought anything for it? Because they know there's nothing there. It will, it will rise the stock of, of Joe Biden if they do it. Wait, but yeah, we're, next, we're, next we're in this week, because of the investigation that he was... No, we're wanting. in it because you guys took foreign money to try to influence no, elections. No, Joe Biden took foreign money from, no, you had from two China. Dudes Joe at the Biden's airport. son took... Yeah. Yeah. So you had two dudes at the airport. I mean, Joe, come on. Joe Biden, Hunter Biden got a billion five out of China and $50,000 a month out of the Ukraine because his dad was vice president. That's where the corruption lies. That's what started all this. Well, so awesome. two guys, two guys, just the other day with one-way tickets to paradise, yeah. are arrested at the airport. I mean, what's that all slim shady yeah, about? What, what are they doing? I mean, what is that about? I mean, well, sir, we don't know. Well, yeah, they we'll were. We'll find fo- out. They were arrested, so we'll find out. Yeah, and they and were involved with. The Springsteen song was playing in the background. Right? <laughs> we Biden and Hunter Biden. I mean, that, 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 those are the questions that need to come out on all of this soon, right? You mentioned the president's rally in Minneapolis this past week. He went after 
the former vice president pretty, pretty directly at that rally, uh, saying the only, the only way that, that Biden was a good vice president was that he knew how to kiss former President Obama's you-know-what. Well, that's also another what? rally I didn't watch. Um, so, you know, we'll just chalk that up, too. Uh, Isn't that, that the role of the vice president? Well, I was yeah. just going to say, <laughs> is that how President Trump is used by the vice president? So what's a bad vice president, then? I mean, I've been curious as to what his definition... Well, maybe Mike Pence needs to Maybe Mike Pence. He said he's one of the best vice presidents ever, so if that's the criteria... That's what I'm wondering. Vice President Pence did face more tough questions this week as he continues to... Uh, try to figure out how to answer some of the specific questions that are coming from reporters about his knowledge of the Ukraine I, I was really kind of surprised. Pence probably has had the roughest week last week of his entire tenure as vice president. And one of the reasons is, is because, you know, he's normally so glib, he can handle anything. And even live protesters during a speech, he turns it around to a positive. But this time when the reporters caught him, he seemed a little off guard, a little bit unprepared. I think he should have been better prepared for the questions that everybody knew he was going to get. And so I think it was a rough week for him. And I think you're seeing that actually too when you when we saw some of the interviews today um, with some of the Republican elected officials. There's, there's a bit of a discomfort, there's a bit of um, clumsiness as to how you answer the questions about impeachment. And I think it's because Donald Trump keeps moving the goalpost. Um, I'm going to cooperate. I'm not going to cooperate. Um, I did this. I didn't do this. The call was perfect. And if you're an elected official and you're trying to focus on your own self-preservation, it becomes very, very challenging. The, the best line of the week, though, was when, uh, when Trump said, Rick Perry made me do it. Yeah. You know, it reminded I mean, me, seriously, I can't imagine Rick Trump's Perry making excuses, anybody do anything. starting from I didn't do it to yes, I did it, but I do it all the time, <laughs> to the China thing, to check out Mike Pence, what he did, to Rick Perry made me do it. It reminds me of a six-year-old trying to tell his mother Three. why Three-year-old. he stole a piece of candy from his sister. You know? Mm-hmm. It's no, really The reason bad. he was saying, uh, let's look at Mike Pence, is because there was nothing there and he knew that. I, I don't know what to do with the Rick Perry. I just haven't heard that um, yet. I'm sure and Mike will. Pence this week has, that, had yeah. said, uh, when asked by reporters, that he would be willing to uh, release some of the transcripts of his the, phone calls. The bottom line the here is President Zelensky again this week in a, like a seven or nine hour uh, press conference, eight. Uh, eight, whatever, said said that there was no pressure, no blackmail, no quid pro quo. He's the guy on the other end of the phone. So why are we even talking about this? Because Democrats have, from day one, looked for something to impeach. This is the latest after the Russian collusion didn't work, after a couple of other minor things didn't work, and hopefully this ends soon. I, I think those Fox News numbers really sent a jolt through some 51% folks. Yeah. said uh-huh. uh, they want to see the president impeached and removed. That's, those numbers Very are... Cool. President Zelensky, you, you give the guy a, you know, give me a few hundred tanks and some missiles, and I'll say whatever they want me to say, too. He's this, he is... President Zelensky is the Sergeant Schultz of the Ukraine. <laughs> I see nothing, I hear nothing, okay, I know but nothing. They're, they're <laughs> opening that investigation. On a more it sounds serious. like. Oh, but come on, investigation. Reopening. They're, yeah, they're working as hard as o, they're working as hard as OJ looked on his investigation. Well, we need to. I mean, come on. We will. What we will, what we will find out <laughs> is what we're going to find out two yeah, things. Yeah. The uh, what the Bidens were really up to. And that's going to be really bad for them. And I said it before, you're going to see Biden's campaign tank and, and you're going to see corruption there. 
And I think you're going to see the president vindicated we'll once again. See how those questions are answered at the debate on. He Tuesday. always hangs a cloud over everybody. You know, Hillary Clinton. Is, you know, we're going to investigate. We're going to, you know. So now he's done the same Obama's with Biden. Obama's not a know. legitimate. Citizen. I mean, it's always I mean, designed to make people feel uneasy about about our nominee. Yeah. So he's trying to do the same thing here. But mm -hmm. where's the investigation? Bill Barr is investigating. No, what about from from the people over there? What about the Ukrainian government? They, they say they're looking into it again. Right, like OJ, look for the murder. Well, I mean, the, they're yeah, not. This going, has been one just, week. OJ was, he, you know, he hasn't looked for a couple of decades, like he said he was going to. This has been like one week since they've said no, they're alive. No, no. Yes, of course. Okay. He, he, he is. He's, he's tweeting about uh, Andrew Luck retiring. I'm just trying to, that I try to miss in, a lot. In recent weeks. All right, we're going to be out on the road, as we mentioned, the next couple of weeks here on this program. Uh, I'll be out talking with some of the mayoral candidates uh, next week. We're also going to be uh, two weeks from now out on the road from the site of our mayoral debate, which you can see on Fox 59, October 28th. So we've got a lot coming up, a little more focus on that mayoral race. And I think, uh, as you guys mentioned, Senator Merritt uh, certainly drove the news cycle this week in, in announcing who he would pick as a police chief. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of issues out there that still have to be talked about. There's you know we're still talking about crime. Um, we still now have learned that there's uh, problems with uh, the mayor's uh, Hilton Hotel deal. He has not reached an agreement. Uh, the city council can't take it up yet. There's um, this waterside development that uh, the water that went, yeah the waterside development now is a mess. They're and now saying they don't want to see the pushing city back do against the domain. mayor. Right. Yeah, it's there's a lot of things going on though. The question is, does um, Merritt have the money? And does he have the time left between now and November? Well, at every to poll get the we've seen, Hogshead yeah. has had a, a huge lead in any polling. That's yeah, I just I, I think that Jim Merritt missed his window of opportunity. I mean that I, I mean I I actually really like him very much. He's a very very nice person, and I've enjoyed being on shows with him over the years. But um, I, I really feel like they just have missed that they missed a window of opportunity, and they're also up against essentially a juggernaut. I mean they're up against a candidate who's incredibly well funded. They're um, up against someone who people like. Um, and so it becomes really challenging to, you've got to convince people why you need to fire the other guy and hire you. And if you see a snippet of Jim Merritt doing a press conference that by the end, nobody's going to be able to get to, um, and then you're just barraged with ads, it becomes, from Hogsett, it becomes really hard to compete with that. We haven't gathered as a panel to discuss uh, last weekend's vote on the prosecutor's race. Uh, what do you take from that in terms of uh, the, the mayor? And he had supported the other guy, Ryan Mears, was elected prosecutor in terms of uh, the mayor's political coattails in, in Indianapolis. Yeah, they're not very uh, long. Uh, they're not very, uh, he, he doesn't have them, it doesn't seem like. So that was an embarrassment, I think, for, for the mayor, and uh, I think it shows the division in the Democrat Party. These are things that have to be in place for somebody to unseat an incumbent, and they're in place, along with merit focused on the right issues. Like I said, you know, 520-some homicides while Joe Hogsett's been mayor, um, uh, and the pothole <laughs> issue three flat tires myself in the last couple of years from potholes. So I think, like I keep saying here on the show, uh, Merritt's peaking at the right time. Robin, I'll give you the last word here on the mayor's race. Well, that impeachment thing is terrible. I mean, we've got it. <laughs> I'm sorry, let's get back on message. Let's get back, let's get back on the, uh, the prosecutor's race got, you know, you pick the best qualified candidate. And I leave that up to our, our Democratic precinct committee people, and that's who won. All I think right. it was the second worst political defeat of Hogsett's career other than the loss to Dan Coates. It was embarrassing that he could not get his precinct committeeman, you've been a party chairman, could not get his precinct committeeman to fall in line 
in a in a uh, internal election. Ryan Mears went door to door, uh, knocking on doors for um, for uh, to talk to precinct committee people. Had that very big announcement too about marijuana yeah. enforcement. Yeah, yeah, and I I also think that. Um, those are those are tough. Uh, those are tough battles. They're they're hard fought, but everyone has to set aside uh, whatever animosity they have for each other and move forward. Uh, the prosecutor and the mayor have to work together, and Don't forget I think we're going to continue to see that happen. Um, but what I also think too is that I think it also speaks a little bit to Terry Curry and the fact that Terry Curry, when he got elected as prosecutor, he would always go in off election years to all these Democratic clubs. Um, so he was going to the Warren Township Democratic Club, the Southside Club. He would go to those events um, all throughout the year, and he really was in touch with people and really had a lot of strong connections. And I think that that also had an impact. Of course, as, as we well. know, he backed Mears. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I yeah. mean, don't forget that the prosecutor supported yeah. Mears. Yeah. Also, a big loss for Andre Carson as well. He backed uh, Moriarty. Moriarty. Let yeah. me ask you guys a question. I wasn't there. I, somehow I, did my, I didn't get my invitation in the mail. But is it true <laughs> that they did not let anybody speak? They just went right to the vote? Is that true or not? I don't know anything about that. I don't know. Yeah, I, wasn't I was there. told they didn't let anybody speak. They didn't let Terry Curry speak. They were afraid what he I would think, say. I, think they I don't, think, I don't think Terry somewhat. spoke. Yeah. I don't somewhat think he spoke. I into the event. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's what I thought. All right. Remember 10 minutes ago when I said we're Robert yeah, we're done. Yeah. last yeah. Now we're done. It was go. a great podcast. Right. One of our best <laughs> ever. We'll see you again next week right here. Thanks.